Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. And a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is in your part of the world. Welcome to this week's edition, episode, whatever we would call it, of The Alignment Show. So we have a guest today that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years through a group that we both are members of. Uh, I met Vidya Raman as uh, another participant in Speaker Speak Live. It's a, a, a group of professional speakers who get together to support each other. The more that I listened to Vidya, the more I realized that she has gone through this whole thing about assessing your values and realigning. So let me tell you just a little bit about her before we bring her on. Vidya is an award-winning speaker. She's a certified coach. She has over 26 years years of experience working in Fortune 500 companies in various capacities. This includes senior leadership, so she's worked her way up that corporate ladder. Her mission is to move corporate employees who feel like they are languishing at work to feel like they are leading at work and living their potential. Now, this is a message that really speaks to us in this day and age where we keep hearing about the great resignation as Regular listeners know I prefer to think of it as the great realignment, as people bring their lives into alignment. I want to tell you a quote from Vidya. She said, I was not in 100% alignment with my values during my early corporate career because of my desperate need for validation and belonging. That is interesting to me. And so how she resolved that is what we're going to be talking with her about. So let's welcome to the stage Vidya Raman. Thank you for being here, Vidya. My pleasure, Don, and thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. I know that now you work with corporate employees, and I would assume also with management who is concerned about their corporate employees. Um who are kind of dealing with this same thing. So let's let's dig back a little bit into that origin story. You may or may not want to name names. You know, there's nothing required about that. But what type of uh, corporations were you working in? I was I was predominantly in financial services, all Fortune 500 companies. Um, so that's my my background. And I started I started as a, a programmer. You know, it's a long career. I, I won't even give you the exact years, but it's more than 25 years. But um, anyway, I, I, I don't know that you had a question, but I would love to share, um, you know, where I started and what my issues were. And then Absolutely. Yeah, because I'm assuming you started sort of as an entry level worker in a corporate environment. You worked your way up into into leadership. Um, within that, you were saying you didn't feel like your values were in alignment. So, yeah, give us that backstory there. Right. I started absolutely as an entry level employee. Um, it was an IT. I was a programmer. Uh, I kind of dabbled between programming and quality assurance initially. And it was all OK. It was fine for the first five years. And then I realized I was good at what I was doing. I was getting 
praise at work. I was in a lot of attaboys, you're doing well, great performance evaluations. But suddenly I caught up with something odd, right? Great performance evaluations, but not enough promotions. I felt I was stagnating. I was like, and I kept thinking, if it's not this year, maybe it's next year. The promotion is coming. I know it. I just have to work a little harder, produce a little bit more, and just follow through, be obedient to all the taskmasters that I was surrounded by. And at some point, I think I woke up when I realized people who I was training, people who I thought were less competent in that particular skill set were getting ahead. I had to stop and take an assessment of why was this happening to me? I pretty much had already worked on everything my bosses were telling me that I needed to work on. So I was like, what am I missing? Why do I feel so invalidated and so invisible? Right. That was that was the story. But it took me a long time from that point. I call it my deep valley of despair to slowly figuring out what were my blind spots? What kept me from getting ahead? So that's that was my journey. But it took me a long time, Don, to realize that something I had to check in with was my values assessment. Um, I only, my first values assessment that I even went in that direction was during a time when I was deeply frustrated and I told myself, I've got to figure out who I really am. Who is Vidya at the core? And I did some online free values assessment test. And I realized, oh my God, you know what I was craving for? I was craving for new knowledge. I was craving for expertise. I was craving for continuous learning. And I wasn't getting that. I wasn't getting the time to showcase those talents because, you know, you know, most people in corporate America are waiting for that plum opportunity to showcase. And then I realized maybe I'm a little saturated with technology. I've done all there is to do. And maybe there is no growth ahead in this field. But knowing that I was wanting to be a leader desperately, I wanted to um, learn more, challenge myself more, live my potential is when after that first assessment, I decided it's time for my first career change. But there were a few after that. But that's my that's my story, Don, on my first values assessment to bring me in alignment with what I, what I was at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And when I did subsequent values assessment, I discovered more about myself. Yeah. Okay. So what was that first career change? You know, again, without having to identify companies or whatever. Oh, what, yeah. What was, was it a lateral move within the same company? Was it moving companies, doing the same sort of work? You know, what was involved there? Right. It was a move out of technology. Um, it was a move out of technology into a business function. Because what I had discovered during my whole long, not to say I never got a promotion in my old place, I did. And I did get into what people would perceive as a leadership position, but it wasn't moving as fast. But then I decided that after having listened in to business strategy conversations, I said, oh, my God, I love that. I'm gravitating towards that. Mm -hmm. And then I moved from technology after a long career in technology into business. So that was my first move, you know. And there I started... um, really growing because you see when I shifted what it did immediately was challenged me it challenged me it made me learn new things uh, figure out new people in a new group 
So all of that um, is what I discovered in that first change. Okay, okay. One of the things that occurs to me there, uh, obviously you eventually went out on your own, um, but those first few changes like that, you were still able to bring your life more in tune with your values within the corporate environment. Is that an accurate statement? Yes, absolutely. And this is what I think some people probably miss. Now, now the book, I am writing a book on this whole story and the, um, this, the tips for everybody to leverage what my mentees leveraged and what my clients leveraged now. Um, but it really is, now you're not going to get, you are after all in a corporate world, uh, you have a defined job, uh, a job description, but I just want people to know that you're not married to your job description. And what I mean by that is, When you do your values assessment, you know how you go from um, when you're beginning your journey in your corporate career, it's a lot of self-interest, right? We all, we want to be validated. We want to receive approval from our bosses, but you will see as you advance in your career and you're going through certain big transformations and you will then get into the whole helping others, serving others, being a leader. So that whole journey you can kind of job craft your way out of, say, if you're feeling out of balance, you're experiencing a lot of friction, a lot of unhappiness. I say, bring your passion to work, right? So this is job crafting. And I have a whole section there in my book where you can figure out activities that you enjoy doing. And this may sound too simplistic. Do what you like more of and less of what drains you. Now, this will sound to a lot of people like, wait, that's not, it's, that's impossible. I have a job to do, but you will learn techniques from that book. And I can't go into all the details, but you will figure out where you need to focus your energies on your strengths, master a few skill sets. And by the way, do you know when you, when most people in the corporate world are learning a new skill, they have this high level of excitement and energy. So I always feel chase a learning goal. It will change you. It will shift you. It will really, really shift you. So for a corporate employee who is feeling a little down and feels the job doesn't challenge you, I'm not doing, I'm a little out of alignment. I have this constant friction. I say, figure out who you are first. Self-awareness followed by, and this is something I have really dug deep into, social awareness. When you work in an environment, who are you working with? Watch for cues from people around you, see how they respond to you. Because half the time we are so into ourselves and into our own heads, we don't see cues all over the place. Like when you read an email, right? Read the subtext, read what's not being said. So this is the kind of stuff in corporate America, you've got to have your antenna up and pay attention. So I know it's a long-winded answer. So yes, you're in a corporate world. Yes, you need a job to provide for your family. But yes, you also have control to make your job a little bit more meaningful. It may not be the ultimate freedom where you are just chasing your passion and doing it all on your own. It's very unreal, especially in the early to mid part of your career. And frankly, it's okay to sit in that little bit of a churn because you're getting wisdom with every experience. So I feel I couldn't have done what I did um, just 2022, where I actually gave up my corporate career. I am grateful for the years of having gone through those 
somewhat painful experiences and those highs, by the way, uh, to get me where I am. So wisdom that comes with your journey, pay attention, pay attention to insights. So I would say for anybody who's sitting there and contemplating, you can change and transform right where you are. You don't have to jump ship, you know, and we all have, you know, different domains in our life, you know, whether it's your personal life, maybe it's health insurance you need, right? There are things that hold us back from living our dreams. All I'm saying is you have a way to discover your passion um, just right where you are, but be more thoughtful about how you utilize your strengths and your interests, by the way. And, you know, I'll stop there. <laughs> well, and let, let's let's dig a little bit because I, I, I hear you talking about a concept I know you have labeled as internal friction. I'm not sure how related that might be to the fear thing that we're talking about. I mean, the first thing that occurs to me is uh, you mentioned somebody who would say, oh, I, I can't. Um, take this chance you know i've got i've got to pay my bills i've got to pay the rent you know the fear that holds you back in the corporate setting and then you mentioned that you left your corporate career in 2022 uh i think there was this little thing called the pandemic going on you know yes. it, it it's a little uh fear inducing to leave the perceived, at least, and I'm emphasizing perceived security of a corporate job. Uh, we've seen enough layoffs in the last little bit to know that there's really no security there. But that's that's another discussion. Um, there's enough fear in that setting as it is to have taken the leap while this pandemic was going on. You have developed some abilities, I would imagine, at not ignoring fears, but managing fears, uh, harnessing them, perhaps. Uh, before I turn to your answer, one because I'm not sure which uh, I think she's on LinkedIn. Uh, Peg uh, and Peg I always struggle with your last name. I think it's to du- Duchesne uh, said good morning to us here. So want to say thank you to Peg for being on with us live. Uh, and for folks who are watching the replay, you know, you can always join us at 10 a.m. on Wednesday mornings and be part of this conversation. So thanks for being here, Peg. Uh, any Anybody else? Why does that say social comments display here? All oh, the technology. There we go. Okay. Um, so, Vidya, do you remember the question? Yes. It's that whole internal friction and why do you... Why do we end up having friction? And frankly, this is all very normal. It's a part of being a human. Um, so I think it's okay to sit with your fears. It's okay to evaluate your fears. You know, very early in my career, and maybe it's a little bit of my cultural upbringing, I was, I kind of call myself the obedient employee because I didn't want to rock the boat. I just pretty much went along to get along. And I conceived, uh, I, I thought of myself as a, what I say is an order taker, right? But that didn't sit well with me. At some point, and especially when I was being overlooked for promotions, I realized I had to do something more. I had to, I didn't want just my work to speak up for myself. And then I realized, how do I champion my own successes, right? How do I advocate for myself? That was one. And then the whole uh, overcoming fears to make that leap during COVID, which a lot of people left their jobs during the great uh, resignation or the great realignment, which I think I love that term. Um, 
they did it because, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing though, and, and, and by the way, uh, during COVID, the one thing I totally gravitated towards was my spiritual growth. It's just amazing. I would listen to uh, books from Gary Zukov, from Carolyn Mace, and I learned so much from them. So I would meditate on what do I need to do next? Because I realized I wasn't completely happy with what I was doing, right? I had to, I, I, was, I felt, especially during COVID, when we had to think about our own mortality, um, I went into deep into like, oh my God, I hope I don't end up in my life where I think about what if this whole thing was a waste and what if I never chose to express my true potential? Not to say I wasn't expressing my potential. I had many opportunities in the corporate world to do that and I did it well, but there was so much more I wanted. And this is all growth and evolution. I think these spiritual leaders who I listened to and took their wisdom and insight and realized it was when COVID came, it was not something of our own choosing. When we sat at home, it was not of our own choosing, but it gave us the time to sit down and think and reflect on all the compromises we were making in our life. And I started to evaluate. I was lucky. It happened to me at a time when I was already an empty nester. I didn't have a whole lot of family pressures to say, no, stick with your job and collect your paycheck. I had that, that window, that luxury to say, I think I can do so much more. I can be of help to other people because I was already a coach and mentor in my job and I wanted to have a broader reach. So the fear, I had to talk myself, of course, who wants to give up a big paycheck? Nobody wants to do that. And I had to debate myself. It was a pros and cons. And it was also evaluating the cost of inaction because I feel when people debate fears, they are only thinking about like, you know, what's the risk? What's the... If, can I do this? But I also call out, uh, even in my book, about the cost of inaction is even worse. It, you pay a hefty price for trying to play safe. Now, it's not easy for everybody to jump ship and it's not everybody to do things that are risky. And I will never, never, never advise it. It's for you to gauge your situation and do it. But the cost of inaction, like sometimes I give you a simple example in the corporate world. People tend to not speak up in a meeting because they're overthinking. And they say, what if I say something that's incorrect? Will they all judge me to be unintelligent, right? And that holds them back. And then somebody else comes in and just steals their thunder with the same answer. And you think, ah, I should have just said that. That is fear holding you back. So I, I, I'm not saying take big risks now. I'm saying take small risks. Step mm -hmm. out of your comfort zone. Because this is how these teeny tiny iterations of stepping out of your comfort zone is what's going to show people results. And it takes a little bit of that courage muscle. And you always have to talk down your fears, evaluate it. Maybe it's a well-founded fear, but evaluate it, right? Um, don't do anything stupid or crazy. Evaluate your fears. Um, and if you really feel, what's the big risk, right? And then you feel it's not such a big risk. The probability is low. I'm going to go for it. That's the kind of conversations you have to have, internal conversations with yourself in the corporate world. I hope I answered your question on. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Fears. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and by the way, don't let me forget, we want to be sure and get the name of your book out there. But before I forget a question that came up, you know, from what you were just talking about, um, we've mentioned cultural context a couple of times. Uh, I, I grew up the the child my my parents were older when i was born so my parents lived through the great depression and world war 2 
my dad was a prisoner of war during World War II. Uh, so to them, that whole security thing was just uh primary paramount uh in fact they it always made them nervous that i was working in media <clears throat> excuse me and so um uh, my dad really wanted me to, at the time wanted me to get a civil service job because as he said uh before you can get fired from something like that they've got to catch you selling drugs to your boss and then murder him <laughs> You know, and so security was was such a big thing. Now, now that's extreme, and yet, as we've already mentioned, that that kind of thing can hold people in the paycheck. You know, the 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 uh, the current situation, not being comfortable or ideal or whatever, but at least it's known. You know, the fear of the unknown can hold people back so much. So you've talked about little steps baby steps do you have other advice for people who are facing those fears you know the the uh, security is illusory anyway what else can we do right don i i want to address security and this is why um uh, i know i'm going to coming back to my book um, and and, and, I, and i hate to interrupt but i just realized what i was trying to ask a moment ago was did you have that cultural background about security being so important or was it a different culture so it's it, the the need for security did not necessarily come just from culture mm-hmm. the need for security was i was a mom and i had a family and i had to make sure that i didn't disrupt my family life i didn't have to move for a job or travel for a job or you know um jeopardize my paycheck right so those things my reality kept me in my job and, and and i know there are a lot of people out there who are exactly where i was and i'm saying you can stay right where you are because there's a tendency that people have um i that's why i never i never 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 encourage people to to uh, risk it all um you have to consider all of that and very often i've noticed and i used to be in this camp i'm not above this to blame your leadership team blame your managers for why you're stuck right and i'm saying that there is a way there is an approach and that's what i write in my book to make you less dependent on things you cannot control and things that you can control so you have to look at your whole situation and say now if you have a boss you feel you cannot push past and he's going to be a roadblock i say use that time instead of quiet quitting checking out doing nothing and wasting your life i say use that time to go through exercises to figure out who you really are what are your strengths build up get a certification get whatever you need build up your resume at a time like that and then then you do have other opportunities opening up the thing is when we just stay stuck blame somebody and say i have no other choice i'm stuck right so i'm just saying no you're not stuck you deal with the situation you have but you prep for the next stage of your life your your opportunities to move to another company or to another division within the same company so you're not so it's the moment you blame your boss and blame your boss only as the one and one and only source i say that's why you get stuck so look for ask good questions and you'll get good answers and you'll actually find a way to help you out of a bad situation so there's no major risk here it's just being smart 
and strategic about what you need to do next when you get stuck, feel unfulfilled and unmotivated in a job. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. We've mentioned your book a few times. Uh, I think they'll remember correctly that you're aiming for it to come out in May. May. I, I'm at this point, um, I believe it'll be somewhere around mid-May. Um, and if it doesn't hit mid-May, maybe end of May, which is probably around Memorial Day. But I think it's more mid-May now, mm-hmm. given the rate at which the edit process is moving. Right, right, right. And, and so, you know, what's the name of it? Okay. The, it, the book is Lucky You, An Insider's Guide to Achieving Success and Finding Fulfillment in the Corporate World. And I had to say corporate world because it's that is nearest and dearest to my heart. I have lived my life in the corporate world and I understand the environment. I understand the challenges leaders face. I understand the frustrations employees feel. And I think it all came together. My years of experience to write this book on how to job craft your way to happiness. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, since the book will not be out for a couple of months, people may, you know, on a replay, they may see this pretty close to that. But folks listening today, uh, probably, and I know you're still working on your website, but I'm betting that when the book comes out, you're going to have that information on your website, right? Agreed. Yes. I think my, my new and improved website should be up and running in a couple of weeks. And then my book comes in May. So it'll all, it's all coming together, Don. <laughs> very good. Very good. All happening at once. For folks who are just listening to the audio podcast, that website is vidyaraman.com. And it's spelled V-I-D-Y-A-R-A-M-A-N.com. We'll also have that link in the show notes. Uh, you can always find show notes at confidencecultivators.com. We're also going to put up your uh, email address here because if people want to get in touch with you, then they would be able to reach you. And that is vidya at vidyaraman.com. Same as the website, of course. But uh, I would encourage you to reach out to Vidya and see how she can help you. She not only is um, uh, a book author, she's a speaker. She works with clients. Who knows how she might be able to benefit you? In fact, Avidia, this is probably a good opportunity for us to say, uh, what other shameless plugs would you like to get in here? Have you got any other projects that you're working on or, or what would you like to emphasize? Um, not, not necessarily plugs. I feel inspired and motivated to help people who are in the kind of situation I found myself in early in my career and, I just want to help others, right? So, um, so my my speaking business, obviously, I'm a, I love speaking to groups and helping others. So, uh, I would say I'm a speaker first, but coaching and speaking go hand in hand. I do a lot of group coaching sessions. So, if people have a a corporate need where they bring a whole group of people together, uh, there's an amazing personal growth and professional growth um, uh, group coaching sessions that could work wonders for a large number of people around the same time. So um, I think that's pretty much my plug. <laughs> I'm not prepared. Okay. Very good. Well, and, and you have, you have that rare uh, ability to communicate clearly about this experience that you have shared at just about every level. So that's going to be of interest to uh, managers as well as to employees. Yes. Very good. So, um, we're coming close to the end of our time. I always like to ask somebody, because I'm always a generalist talking to specialists. 
is there something that you wish that I had asked that I didn't know enough to ask? And what would your response be? Okay. I, I you know, the questions, uh, oh, yeah, maybe just like I mentioned uh, about the values assessment, right? Um, there are There are websites out there. So if you're curious about where you are, if you're feeling that friction, um, I would recommend search online. Use I use something called in 2020 and 2021. I used something called the Barrett's values. I think it's very nominal a fee, but I don't know what I used 13, 14 years ago. But I tell you, it's it's so insightful because when you see that and you see what's moving to the top in terms of how many points you earned, you will realize why you're having that in, um, that friction in you. So I would encourage everybody to really try to live as close as possible. It's almost impossible when you have, when you're working in a corporate job, but as close as possible to be in alignment with what you need to be, right? Um, living in integrity, I call it internal cohesion. Living in, living in integrity gives you, feels good at the end of the day. You sleep better. So figure out what your values are and live as close to that and you'll get that whole internal cohesion to feel better about yourself. At least you're living your values. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. I don't know if you see on the screen here and for folks listening just on uh, audio, uh, we had a question to come in regarding staying in a position where you have possibly begun on-duty retirement. Now, that's a little different than the quiet quitting thing, on-duty retirement. But you feel challenged to still grow instead of checking out. Afraid of leaving positions where many benefits of time off or benefits in general keep you from, uh, and then it, it, it cut it off there. Um, right. Any thoughts on that? Right. Like, you know, you are, um, um, I think that it, I'm using the question, Cynthia, and I'm broadening it. But I everybody, like, depending on where you are in your life and in your, I still think, whatever the job entails, and even if the job doesn't challenge you, I'll say pick up something, call it an interest, call it a hobby that will stretch you and challenge you. Just knowing that you're going to pick up something and learn something. You never stop learning. I should tell, I should joke about this too with my team. Even if I'm 95, I'll be learning something new because continuous learning will keep you excited and happy to learn new things. So I hope I'm answering the question correctly. Um, yes, you you need the job. Yes, you need the benefits. And if you want to fuel your interest and excitement, waking up happy in the morning about your day comes from something that you're doing that is yours, something that makes you happy. That's something that gets you in alignment with your values. So pick up something. And I've also noticed when you're feeling down is when people need to help other people. I think service, service, helping somebody else when you're not feeling so good at the moment also can work wonders on how fulfilled and happy you feel. So. Hmm. Uh, I, I would think within, especially within a corporate environment, fulfilling the mentor role could be satisfying in and of itself. Right. I was a mentor to so many people in my prior world because can you imagine that satisfaction you get when somebody says I made a difference? I'm like, ooh, I live, I live for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Well, we could we could talk another half hour, I'm sure, Vidya. I want to encourage people to reach out to you and see what else they can learn from you. We put the website up again, vidyaraman.com. Uh, looking forward to that book coming out in May. And uh, again, in the show notes, folks, we will have the title. We can't link to it on Amazon yet because it's not there. 
but you'll know the title to look for. And then we will update those show notes uh, video. When the book comes out, we'll come back and update our show notes with a link. Right. And connect with me on LinkedIn and I will be posting updates on my book the whole time. Very good. Very good. Let's see. We've had. uh, Oh, yes. Uh, This is from Cynthia, who asked the question. Loved this conversation. Can't wait to read your book. I think that's true for all of our listeners. Really looking forward to that. Well, Vidya, I once again want to thank you for being here with us today. We will um, uh, let you go in the green room for just a second. Don't go away because I'll be right back with you. But we want to let people know about what's coming up here. Um, and, uh, there, I got that off the screen. Uh, next week, uh, we have somebody else who comes from, uh, an international culture. Jason Jang has only been in this country for 10 months, but Jason has made a lifetime habit of learning. Uh, I, I gotta tell you, he has impressed me. I have told him myself that I believe he has accomplished more in 10 months than what I have in 30 years as a, as a speaker, as a writer, that sort of thing. Uh, so he is going to come on with us next week, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, and it'll be on the same channels that you are viewing this right now. We look forward to having Jason Jang on for now. I just want to, again, thank you for being here. Hope this has been valuable to you as you consider aligning your own life with your own values. After all, that's what the Alignment Show is here for. We want to help you to live your values and value your life. Until next week, have a good day, week, and good life. That's it for this week's episode of The Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness. And remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.